So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I am Matt, and this is our special Halloween Horror Nights 28 week one episode. I am solo for this one because originally our week one episode was going to be Johnny and my instant reaction episode to the opening night event, which has been released if you haven't heard it yet, or maybe you haven't heard it because it is a very, very spoiler heavy episode. That episode has audio from all the scare zones, I think, all but one scare zone. It definitely has it from all 10 houses, and it has details of me and Johnny talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we think might change, what just we there's spoilers in just about every second of that episode. Again, it's very difficult to hear if you're trying to or listen to if you're trying to stay spoiler free. So you might be holding off on listening to that episode until you experience Halloween Horror Nights yourself. We still have 34 nights to go. It's a long run ahead of us. You have plenty of time to listen to it. So For this special, I'm going to put together a quick spoiler-free review of Halloween Horror Nights 28, not only because you might not be ready to listen to the spoiler-filled episode, but because if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen my post stating this, that in 20 years of going to Halloween Horror Nights, this might be the best year I've ever experienced. So I wanted to give kind of my reasons why and what I thought of each piece of this event in a spoiler-free episode for anyone that might want to know why I think that, but not listen to all those spoilers. So here we go. We're just going to go through it one by one, each piece. And again, going to be spoiler-free. Don't worry about me accidentally saying something. I'm going to be listening back to this with a very critical ear because I don't want to even accidentally give a spoiler away. This is a safe episode to listen to. It's my broad stroke review on each piece of Halloween Horror Nights 28, and then you can go back and enjoy the spoiler episode if you want to, after you've experienced it yourself. So, all right, here we go. I'm going to start with the scare zones. The Harvest. I will say I have not spent that much time in the Harvest yet, and I am going to make up for that as the season goes. Let me say what I do know about it. I did expect walking into this, it was going to be Altars of Horror 2 from last year. I'm happy to say it's not. Uh, what I have, have seen, especially with the characters, I've really liked, and I need to go back and check it out more. The reason I haven't seen this is not because I don't want to check it out or I'm avoiding it. In these first few weekends of Halloween Horror, Horror Nights, when I arrive, I'm usually there with an intent to do something the moment I get there or meet somebody or a combination of both. And this is the very first scare zone you're going to go through as you come in the gates if you go straight into the park. So when I arrive and I am headed somewhere, I tend to walk through this very quickly or maybe even go around it all together. As the season goes on, especially with the the weeknight 
showings of of showings is that seems like a movie term the weeknight event uh calendar nights of uh the event i'm definitely gonna take more time to see this so that's this is one i'm probably gonna come back to uh quite a bit later as the season goes now on the flip side of that vamp 85 new year's eve i've spent probably the most time in this scare zone of all five scare zones so far and that's probably not a big surprise anybody it's the follow-up to the fan favorite vamp 55 from 2016 but they have amped this up and it's not dripping with eighties. It is oozing with eighties. It does not shy away from its name. It is all eighties all the time. I, the new year's Eve, as you know, indicates uh, a stroke of midnight. Something does happen, but I don't know what, because I have not seen it. I don't know how I missed it, but I have seen the other things that go on at the stage and I've loved all of it. There's not much, I can say without getting into spoilers other than I really enjoyed it. And when I do see that midnight thing, I expect to love that just as much. Of course, more on that. When I do actually get to see it, what I'm really curious about this zone is I'm really curious how it's going to, it's wide response is going to be throughout the Halloween Harness community uh, because it's bigger. It is way bigger in terms of showing this than, and then being a focal point than van 55 was van 55 kind of got its attention from this character's, making a show in a sense out of it. At least that's how I understand it. Vamp 85, that element's, we're starting with that element. So I'm curious to see what the response is. I think it's going to be positive, but I, I don't know. That's why I like to kind of keep a little bit of tabs on this just to see what, what people think. So far for me, though, it works. I'm loving this zone. Revenge of Chucky. This is another one that I need to go back to and take a closer look, not once, but probably many times. Because again, the things I saw, I really liked. And I will tell you flat out, and if you've been following us this season, I didn't really care about this scare zone that much. I was like, okay, I'm curious. I know who Chucky is. Another great horror icon. And the whole toy thing sounds cool. But it kind of it kind of came and went for me. It's like we did our instant reaction, and I kind of didn't think any more about it. And I went into this without anything. No expectations, no nothing. And I liked a lot of what I saw. The twisted toys that I saw, I'm not going to tell you what, but the ones that I saw were brilliant. And I'm pretty sure I haven't seen all of them yet because I've only been through it just a few times. And I'm really curious to go back and take a good, close look at everything in this zone and really see what it is because it, it for having not been at all on my radar, I ended up really liking what I saw and very pleasantly so. So I need to go back and check this out. In fact, I'm really eager to go back and check it out. Twisted Traditions, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. It almost doesn't matter what you do at the scare zone for me, as long as you light those trees up the right way, and they do. Chances are you've seen pictures of what are in those trees. I won't say if you haven't, but you're kind of getting an idea of what that might look like at night, and you're probably right, or if you're not right, it's because it's that much better than it. It is, I always love how this zone looks every year it, it has never failed me once that i can remember i'm that's it's that's there's probably a, a clunker in there somewhere but there the other ones are so good i don't even remember and this year is no exception there's one thing i'm unhappy about but it has nothing to do with the scare zone itself at all there used to be or there i think it's still there but it's blocked off there was a trail between the water and the scare zone that you could go and get a completely different angle look at the scare zone almost from a distance but not too far those are always some of the best pictures and i always loved looking at that scare zone from that trail 
it's blocked off for that Universal Cinematic Celebration Night Show now. So, again, that's not the Scare Zone's fault, and it's not a ding against the Scare Zone. I'm just kind of bummed out that I can't do that this year. But, again, that has absolutely nothing to do with the Scare Zone whatsoever. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They did an amazing job with the characters, the costumes, the masks, the, just the whole thing that each one of these guys wear or, or gals. I'm not sure who's in these costumes. They look like they walked right off the set of the movie and on onto the, the streets. I mean, that's how much they look like the character. I don't mean look like they are the characters from the movie. This is amazing. The street elements, if you know the movie, probably if you're probably wondering what can you do to a street and you're picking things out in your mind as you're watching your movie, the movie, I should say, you're probably right. That's probably what's out there because that's what I expected. And in some cases, a little more. I have a big tip on this because I missed it for sure the first time I went through it. Maybe the second time I went through it. When you go through it, take a second to look up at the building facade, the park building facade that this this uh, scare zone's in. Because if you don't, you're going to miss possibly one of the best parts of this scare zone. And once you know where that is, take uh, some time. I wouldn't take all night, but take a time to get a glimpse of it over by Terminator where you can see the entire facade. And you're really going to see that element I'm talking about. I'm not going to say what it is again because it's spoiler free. But just keep in mind when you go through looking at that building, you'll be like, oh, I think that's what he was talking about. You're, that's probably what I was talking about. Unless they've added something else I haven't seen yet. Maybe there's more to come, but this one, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. That doesn't help you because I'm not giving spoilers. All right. Sorry. That's actually it for scare zones. I kind of blew through those pretty quick. Like I said, I wanted to make this, uh, didn't want to go on too much because the more I talk, the more likely I'm going to slip a spoiler out. So let's go on to the only show for Halloween Horror Nights 28. That is Academy of Villains. And that is over at the... I almost said Wild Wild West. That really ages me, but it was Wild Wild West. Now it's the Fear Factor stage, of course, where the infamous Bill and Ted show used to be. It's now the home of Academy of Villains, at least for this year, and probably from the sounds and looks of it, maybe a couple years to come. We'll see. That's putting the cart before the horse on here. I have said many, many, many times in the past that dance performances and this kind of performance art show is not my thing. And I think there's just something that's not going to change for me. I mean, I'm not saying I can't change it. I just don't think I'm going to find one that I'm going to really latch on to. But even with that explanation of my taste in entertainment, I also want to say that there's a lot I enjoyed about this year's Academy of Villains show. In fact, I just realized I missed a word in this. It's Academy of Villains Cyberpunk. That's the name of the show. That's how I should have led this off. But let me make sure I mention that now. So I've also said many times, every single performer in this is amazingly talented. This year is no exception. The creative team that put together the story, the costumes, and the set, they're also incredibly talented. The set is great. Story is fun. Costumes are good. Not going to give any of those details away, so it's a little hard to say what I liked about it, but I, I did enjoy many elements of that. I can say this show is absolutely something that we have not seen from them before. And I think that's what everyone expects. I, I don't think we go into an Academy of Villains show any year at this point thinking we're going to see a rehashing of the one before. And this one, again, if, if not even uh, no exception, it's probably beyond that exception. It's really something we've not seen before from Academy of Villains. And kind of really, that's about all I can say without giving details away. Because if I'm going to start talking about what I really liked about it, there's no way not to mention a spoiler. So I think the safe way for me to review this is to say, if you already love Academy of Villains, you're, you're going to have a blast. There's no doubt about that. 
whatsoever. If it hasn't been your thing in the past, like like it's been for me, or I guess hasn't been for me, I'd say give it a chance because I think you're going to find something in it you like. And it is so different from past events that this might be the one that grabs you this year. It's It, it really is that different and a lot more elements to it that I have not seen before in the past uh, two years. So, yeah, that's about all I can really say without saying what those are. I am really anxious to get Karen and Quint's reactions, and I'll be going to it with both of them at, at separate visits. Uh, I think Karen's actually going to like this. I think this is the year for her to be an Academy of Villains fan. I don't think Quint is going to be changed <laughs> in his opinion at all. Uh, I still think he's just going it, to, It's again, he, he doesn't dislike them. They're just not his thing. And then I think they'll be, I think he's going to latch on less to elements in this show than I did. I don't know. That's what's going to be fun about watching this again with them. And I'm curious to see how I react to multiple viewings of this as well. So I'm really kind of interested in all the reactions all together in this. So that's where I'm going to leave with Academy of Villains. Cause again, if I say uh, what I, what I, kind of really liked about it it's a spoiler territory and i absolutely do not want to do that this episode all right let's move on to the houses this is going to be this is the real stretch i'm going to be reading from a lot of notes here and following them like i wrote them because i wrote them erasing any potential spoilers as i was going this this one is it's tough to talk about these and with some of the reverence i want to give these without giving away spoilers but if i follow my notes we're going to be okay so i um doing these in the same order of our instant reaction episode. This is the order that we saw them opening night, I think. There's two on here. I think I might have gotten swapped, but by and large, it's the same order. This is not my ranking. And I do have my ranking at the end if you're interested, but this is just the order I've experienced them on opening night. And gonna that seemed like a logical way to approach talking about these houses. So Halloween four. This is the third appearance of the Halloween franchise at Halloween Hard Nights, of course. It's been there every other year since Halloween, Horror Nights 24, and it was Halloween, Halloween 2. We skipped Halloween 3, obviously, because we got Michael Myers, and now we're into Halloween 4. One thing is clear after three years of this that the creative team love this franchise because they've done the most they could with the source material they were working with this year. It does pick and choose story elements. And it seems to, I think, mostly go chronologically. There might be a little change here and there for experience purposes. And it's on par with the other two Halloween houses. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. And let me explain what I mean by that. First off, it's a good thing if you've never seen any of the Halloween offerings they had before. If you haven't seen the original Halloween or Halloween 2... Halloween 4 is on the same level that they built Halloween and Halloween 2. It's also the same level they built Halloween and Halloween 2 for anyone that's seen this. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. There's nothing new. There's nothing unique. There's not that one thing in this that says, oh, this was never in any of the other ones. I want to see this again. So it's kind of, it's, 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 it, it's, I'm sure it's a very difficult task for creative to do. Make it something that certainly holds up with the other houses and still keep people coming in. And I think this is more, I think again, my opinion, this might be more geared toward repeat visits from people that have never experienced a Halloween house before. Happy to say it's just as good as one and two, but also I'm not going to say sad to say also feel the need to report that it doesn't have new that makes it the best of the three. Maybe that's the way I should say that. All right. The horrors of Blumhouse volume two. 
I think it's his name. I know I saw volume two somewhere. I don't remember seeing any of the signage at the, at the event this weekend. I'm going to keep an eye out for it this time. But anyway, horrors of Blumhouse. I will fully admit going into this house, I really didn't care at all. I hadn't seen Happy Death Day or The First Purge, both of which this house was featuring. I did finally watch them a few days before opening night. And I was actually incredibly surprised how much I liked Happy Death Day. So at least I knew I, what I was going to see or what I could see. I was a little more curious, especially about Happy Death Day. If you've seen the movie, you know why. I will say I was really surprised. I was pleasantly surprised, in fact, especially at the Happy Death Day half of the house. Uh, if, if you don't know the movie, I'm just going to say that there's a repeating story that changes or resets and then changes as it moves on. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to give any spoilers on the house. Great concept for a movie that's on a flat two-dimensional screen that the camera cuts tell a story. It's like, how is this going to translate into something that you walk through? They pulled it off. That's all I can say until you see it for yourself. They really pulled it off, and I was happy with what they did. Uh, the Purge, uh, happy to see The Purge was represented <laughs> much more than last year. And um, there were some specific Purge scenes I could identify and some characters as well. And I'll just leave it at that uh, there. So pleasantly surprised by Blumhouse, considering I, I didn't really have any interest of it up until days before going to the event. Dead exposure, patient zero. All right, this is going to be short compared to those last two because I'm so afraid to spoil this. This this is, I could just talk about this and, and, and inevitably give a spoiler. So I'm just going to say it's scary. It's disorienting. It possibly has my favorite room of the whole event. I don't want to say anymore. This particular room, I love everything. I love what it is, how it looks, how it sounds. The use of lighting uh, this is a piece of information I can tell you going into it without telling you what. I will say that the lighting is an element that's as big as the sets and the characters. The way they use it and the layers that they use it is the best way I can describe that. It is phenomenal. But I can also see this house being a house that you either love or hate. And I think anyone listening to this episode knows me well enough by now that they know what my tastes in Halloween Horror Night houses are compared to yours. So... I think with that information that I gave, saying that I love this house, and if you tend to agree on things I've said I loved in the past on other episodes, then you can probably gauge if you're going to like it or not. I'm really curious to see what um, people that I know, and again, my co-hosts think of this as well, but I I love this house. Trick or treat. That's where we went to next. So this is a, another house that I had concerns with going into in a sense. I have that in quotes, and I did air quotes that you can't see because it's an audio podcast. I was wondering how they're going to interpret some of the movie's iconic scenes that take place largely outside. And I was also worried, is this just going to be the scare zone moved inside? Well, to answer that second question first, no, it's absolutely not. The scare zone from last year moved inside. And I can call it a sp uh, that a spoiler-free detail, I think, because it's what it's not. I hope I didn't cross the line on spoilers. I don't think I did. I think that's a fair uh, description of a non-spoiler. Uh, to answer that first question, yeah, you can see the movie in each step. Let's say that. I won't say how or where, and uh, maybe that doesn't actually answer the question, but it's uh, it's it does great justice to the movie is what I'm trying to say. Again, not giving away details. If you know the movie well, you're going to recognize, I think, everything at every turn in this. Conversely, if you've not seen the movie, 
I think there might be a few parts that you're wondering, how did we get from there to here? But not enough that it's going to ruin your experience. I still think it's worth seeing. Oh, it's definitely worth seeing because of how they pulled some of these things off. I just think it's going to be a little more uh, poignant to people that knew the movie. Seeds of Extinction. This house, I have to say, <laughs> it might be a good idea to almost forget everything you know about Halloween Horror Night houses before you go into this. That's a weird, probably that might sound a lot more dramatic than I intended to, but let me see what I can tell you. I like going into spoilers. And what I mean by that is I think mostly with the uh, characters. Um, I think another element in that statement might be that it doesn't take long for this to immerse you. Uh, in fact, it's, uh, I don't want to say, you'll, you'll uh, I think, forget where you actually are very quickly. I don't want to say to what respect. I do have my notes what I mean, but I think that's a spoiler. So let's just say it won't take you long to forget where you really are inside in the park, in a sense. This character is that I'm just going to say a lot of this is things you haven't seen before, at least in this form. There might be a lot of elements that you've seen, but I don't think you've seen we've seen these as Halloween Hard Night fans, by and large, all together in the way they're doing this. This is an ambitious house. I mean, they took a lot of risks and things they're doing in this one, and it totally pays off as far as I'm concerned. Slaughter Cinema. And it's the one I called Sinister Cinema for some bizarre reason in our instant reaction. I actually, I know why I remember the exact point. I said this, I could not remember the name of the house at all. And then it hit me, almost hit me. It has half hit me. I got cinema, right? But it's slaughter cinema. And this was fun. This is the format of this one. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm not saying the scenes and not the costumes. I'm just talking about the format, the way they laid out. This house is very HR blood and guts, but instead of, each room being a different holiday, it's a different movie. This one is great, and it's that same, I don't know, is tongue-in-cheek the right way to say it? It's the same sense of humor HR Blood and Guts. It's still Halloween Horror Nights. A lot of the, it's B-schlock movie, horror movies, so obviously there's a horror element to it, but it's still so much fun. I had a blast in this one. Again, now to say any more, we're going to start getting into possible spoiler territory so i hope this was enough to get your curiosity to go see this one because i i think i think this one is the uh it, it's it's in the realm of hr blood and guts which is i i revere it highly i think it's a very loved one from the halloween hard nights past as well so the fun house i'll just leave it there without going into too much more detail Scary Tales, Deadly Ever After. And I think maybe by the length of my pause between each house, you're kind of getting the idea of where these might fall on my list. But I wanted this house so much to be the return of one of my favorite original contents at HHN. And it is. It so is. It is the greatest entrance and start to any scary tales house ever so much so that it's not only the greatest it's second and third i mean it's that good it takes all three top spots it's an amazing entrance it's an amazing scene and it doesn't stop from there and i could not be happier about this house it's what i wanted it to it's i should take it back it's not what i wanted it to be it's more than i wanted it to be it is so good i am so happy to have scary tales back in the form it should be. Uh, this is, a, a, there's a lot of must sees. This, this year is just crazy, but let's, let's move on to the reviews. That's what you're probably listening to this for. So 
Carnival Graveyard, Rest in Pieces. This is another one I could talk about for hours. This house, there is so much to see in this house. It's the first house in recent memory where I think there's something to see in every direction. And I mean left, right, down, and up. And when I say up, there's no like faux ceiling, like Tomb of the Ancients, which makes looking up in this house even cooler than that. Because you look up, there's not a there's not a bare spot anywhere in this house. As much as I just raved about scary tales, I'm going to say that this is probably the number one original content house to see. My reverence for scary tales comes from a more personal, I guess, aspect, love for the the property that they developed over the years. But even past that, Carnival Graveyard, I think, is a cannot miss. There is a big drawback to this, and it's if you are the if you're a visitor that only goes once a night because it's very difficult to see everything that's jammed in this house. There is so much. It is a big house in terms of things to see. Do you need to see everything in one walkthrough to get the full experience? No, of course not. Absolutely not. But there's my point is there's so much to see in this house that that when you go through it, it's there's there's going to be something new for it every time you go through it. I've only been through it three times, so it's easy to say that three three times. But I'm pretty confident I'm going to be saying the same thing in our wrap up episode. Stranger Things. This is the marquee attraction of the event. It is on every piece of advertising. It was the first house they announced, and people had a lot of time to really think and speculate and build up expectations for this one. And I think they revealed all this early for a good reason, because it delivers on everything I just said there. It is, it's the biggest house, obviously. I mean, naturally, it's going to be the biggest house if it's a centerpiece. Casting is dead on. Iconic scenes are dead on. It's not the scariest house. I'll tell you that, but I don't think it's meant to be. And I think that's something we've all come to expect from these, the houses like this. I don't think American Horror Story either year was the scariest house, the two houses for those two years. I th- I think that's the trend. These kind of marquee uh, intellectual property uh, houses are going and by and large, I'm okay with it. And it seems by and large, the community is okay with it too. At least the people that I associate with. Let's just say they knocked it out of the park with this one. And they did. They did. If you know Stranger Things, this is going to be a lot of fun. Poltergeist. That's the one we did last. And man, for good reason. This house, it was on my second walkthrough of this house that prompted me to put that post that I think Halloween Horror Nights 28 might be the best year I've ever experienced in the 20 years of going. This house might be perfect. I know that is a pretty bold statement to make, and it's my opinion. It's it's obviously there's we can argue this endlessly, and maybe there'll be an episode one day in the future about this. But for me, this might be a perfect house. It melds two things that the creative team at Halloween Horror Nights does well, does better than anybody else in the world, and that's bring movies from the screen to a haunted house and bring their own creativity to a haunted house. This is a perfect balance of recreating moments from the movie, have them surround you, be immersed in it, and then take that idea and give you more, more that you haven't seen before, yet not breaking or ruining or doing anything to the film, a single frame of the film. It just makes it just enhance the overall experience. This house is overwhelming in every possible way. 
if I want to cite any kind of drawback, and I don't think it's a drawback to the house, I think it's it's a drawback to the experience would be is that you should have at least seen the movie some at some point in your lifetime. Obviously, seeing it better before you or seeing it before you go in is better. But seeing it at all, knowing what these elements are, will just enhance it. Again, do you need to know every frame of this movie to go in it? No, it's still a fun house. I think knowing what these scenes are representing, what they're pulled from, just enhances that experience. That's coming from someone that saw this movie in the 80s, has seen it, I don't know, maybe a a half dozen times since then, and watched it before the event. So, of course, it's fresh in my head, which makes this house a perfect house. But... It's an intellectual property. It's meant to represent something that you have seen. So it's a weird thing to say that it might be a drawback, and it's a weird thing to recommend going to this this house without seeing the movie. I think they go hand in hand. I think it's a kind of overall experience, knowing the movie, having your favorite scenes in your head, and then walking through this. I think that's part of the entire experience. It was for me. For me, it's... It's one of the best I think they've ever done. That's the long and short of it. And I think it's something I'm going to be talking about the entire season. We'll see. It's still early in, but man, did this house blow me away. So that actually is everything in this event. And that's a broad stroke review without, again, any spoilers. There was something I wanted to do. It's more for my benefit, but maybe you're curious as well. I wanted to make a list of what my my rankings are right now because I want to get that recorded and uh, and also on my notes and see how this ends up at the end of the season. So I also have right next to it my hype list. And there's some differences, but there's some some the same here. But I'll, I'll let me go through my list right now. Number ten, and this is this is tough. None of these are bad. There's not one on here I would not be willing to go through again. There's just good, better, and best really on this. And number ten right now for me is Halloween four, and that's followed by Blumhouse. Number eight is Trick or Treat. Number seven, and again, these lists are so hard. I know this is going to change. Right now, to my surprise, the Seeds of Extinction. I think that's going to change, like, I think after this weekend. Number six, Stranger Things. Number five, Slaughter Cinema, followed by Scary Tales at number four, which that has been in a fight with these top three, which are number three, Dead Exposure, number two, Carnival Graveyard, and number three, Poltergeist. Where a difference on uh, my list significantly, I had Horrors of Blumhouse and Halloween swap between 9 and 10. Trick or Treat's actually the same. Dead Exposure, I didn't expect as much out of. I had that at number 7, but now it's my number 3. Stranger Things is the exact same spot. Seeds of Extinction is right now falling from 5 to 7, but I think that's going to change. Poltergeist is probably the biggest climber. I had Poltergeist as number 4. Right now, it's a runaway number one. I don't see that changing. It might. I don't see it changing right now. Scary Tales number three, that could be a possibility. Slaughter Cinema. I think the more I go through that with people that I know and we laugh together, that might move up as well. That was number two, but it's number five now. And Carnival Graveyard was number one, which is another one that's in heavy contention. In fact, if I think anyone's going to knock Poltergeist off number one for me, it's probably going to be Carnival Graveyard at this point. We still got 34 nights to go. I'll be at many of those. I'm really curious to see how this kind of three phases of my list pan out. So that's it for my spoiler-free review of Halloween Horror Nights 28. I do want to go back to something I said earlier, and I said it again in during the Poltergeist review. This is my 20th year going to Halloween Horror Nights. I want to say again, it might be the best year I've experienced in all that time. I It's that might change as the event goes on. It's only three days into it. It has some serious competition. Halloween Horror Nights 12, Islands of Fear. Halloween Horror Nights 17, The Carnival of Carnage, which I've 
deem the gold standard for the four years we've been doing this show now. Halloween Horror Nights 10, the start of the icon era, my favorite time period of Halloween Horror Nights. And of course, Halloween 20, Horror Nights 25, just a few years ago, the silver anniversary, that was huge too. But my point is the fact that I'm thinking about it and, and certainly already put this in the same league of those is pretty huge. Having to think about whether this is better than them is not something I thought I'd ever have to think about after 25. I certainly didn't think I'd have to think about it after 20, after 17. I'm incredibly excited that this year's event is so good that I do have to think about this. And again, this is all just my opinion, but it's something that I have been thinking about since opening night and I wanted to share in this episode. So more on that probably as we go. We'll see. We'll see. Last thing I wanted to talk about in this episode, if you hadn't heard about it earlier this year or have seen my post on Twitter, during this season, when I'm there, the nights I'm there, if you find me, I may have a news as Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights lanyard for you. We had some printed up. They came out fantastic. That uh, I'm very happy with the service we got on that. They, they, they look great. Some nights I'll go with one. Some nights I might go with 10 or any number in between. First come, first serve. If you find me and I still have one on me, it is yours. Just say hi. I'll probably ask your name. You can lie as long as you give me an answer. That's all you got to do. That No strings attached. That's it. It's yours. And I actually started that this weekend, Sunday night. I gave uh, quite a few away. I took eight with me. They're all gone well before I left. So quick thanks to Nikki, Hunter, Kenneth, Travis, Gary, Kenny, Joan, and Tom for finding me and saying hi. And uh, actually for some of the nice comments y'all gave me as well. It was very, it meant a lot to me to hear that actually. I'll be doing that again the nights that I'm there. I post on Twitter the nights I'm there. I don't say how many I have. I usually take a picture of some to prove that I have them, however, but I post on Twitter that I'm there that night. I sometimes, if I know I'm going to be in a spot for 15, 20 minutes, I'll post where I am and about how long I expect to be there. So kind of got to give a, a little bit of a, I guess that's a clue or a head start for anyone that hadn't found me yet that's in the area. If you don't already follow us on Twitter, our account is at Neozaz, N-E-O-Z-A-Z. That's where those posts are. If you want to find me, say hi and get a free lanyard. All right. That will do it for this episode. We'll be back next week with more on Halloween Horror Nights 28. We still have the game show yet to come this season. And somewhere, sometime, our history shows will start again. I'm, we're going to finish those out. I swear. We've not forgotten those. I just don't know where the time goes these every year this this time of year it just slips by but we're we um, yeah we will finish what we started and then some don't worry about that okay until then thank you one more time for listening and I'll see you in the next episode thank you for listening to the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a news as internet entertainment production for more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newsazpodcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening.